Algernon Blackwood. The BBC presents Pistol Against a Ghost, a strange story told by Algernon Blackwood. I think in this matter of ghost hunting, people who go in for it, uh, there's no good using lethal weapons, sun, uh, guns, swords, pistols and the like. If you do have the luck to see an apparition and it scares you, your best weapon is keen observation and a good healthy scepticism, a bold front anyhow and then, then just go for it. But McAllister uh, thought otherwise. He was a very keen ghost hunter, having passed the night in several badly haunted houses, but never once had he been lucky and seen anything. He was a hard-boiled investigator. He always took a pistol with him, telling all and sundry that if he saw anything, he'd shoot. And he meant it to. He was a good shot. His pistol had a silencer. Oh, yes, he'd give a fair notice, but then he would shoot. He always went to two friends. There were three of them, you see. They were all equally keen. And his two friends derided this uh, pistol-packing habit, uh, but they couldn't change him. And on this particular occasion, they were established for a night of watching in a very isolated Norfolk farmhouse. So badly haunted, what with figures, footsteps, noises, and other unaccountable phenomena, that the farmer himself had moved with his family to another building about half a mile away. It had been too much for them. They couldn't stand it. Well, each of the three friends used a separate room to sit up in. Outside doors, windows, too, were securely locked, and their careful search of the old rambling building was over. They had their meal. Night fell. They dined frugally, on provisions brought with them. The night was still as the grave. No wind stirred. A late October evening it was. The stars were out. Each man had chosen his particular room, and as usual, the two companions had urged McAllister again to leave his pistol out of it, if anything happened. But he remained adamant. No, if I see anything, he said obstinately, I shall give full warning, then I'll shoot. And about ten o'clock, they separated for bed, as on so many earlier occasions in haunted houses, and each took his candle and his matches, for here in this farmhouse there was no electricity. McAllister lay down on his bed in his, night, in his clothes. He didn't undress. He hoped devoutly for some manifestation during the night. He felt neither scared nor creepy, just eaten alive of curiosity to see something. So his nerves were quite steady. Indeed, he had no nerves at all. But by the light of his candle, he tried to read a bit. He'd already searched the room. The pistol given to him by his friends, given back to him when they unpacked the little knapsack set off with them, lay under his pillow. It was loaded. So there he lay, struggling with the book, which he couldn't manage because of the light, and then he gradually got drowsy, blew out the candle, and he went sound asleep. The next thing he knew was that he was awake, and awake very suddenly. He'd been disturbed, a noise or something. He opened his eyes, he looked about him. From the uncurtained windows, it was just light enough for him to see, oh, quite plainly, though without detail, a big figure standing at the end of his bed. It was unmistakable, a long grey figure. It's outline beyond question. Any doubt uh, was put out of court anyhow by the fact that it moved. It swayed a little from side to side, a strange movement. 
but his hand had reached for the pistol beneath his pillow even before he'd registered this important fact that it did sway in that peculiar way. He sat up in the bed. The pistol in his hand pointed. Then he spoke. I got a pistol aimed at you. I shall count three. Then I'm going to fire. Then I mean it. And his voice sounded as if he did mean it. The figure stopped swaying. Callister began to count. One, two, three. Then he fired, aiming low down below the knees. And almost before he was ready for a second shot, something hard struck him on the chest and fell, in, uh, fell into his lap. But the figure had stretched a long arm out, almost as though to make a low catch. McAllister, picking up the hard object that had struck him, found a bullet in his hand. Well, something happened to his mind then. It was in complete confusion. Possibly terror was an ingredient in this confusion. He just didn't know. With a man of his type, action was his one resource. So he resorted to it and he aimed his pistol again, this time higher up, and he fired at the heart. Again came that amazing gesture of the figure, so it stretched an arm, a hand, almost to make a catch. And again a bullet fell back, as though flung against his chest. And then once more he fired, but this time his hand trembled so badly that his aim must have been hopelessly wild. Yet a third time, with a gesture similar to those before, a bullet struck his coat and fell rattling among the buttons into his lap. I think McAllister then obviously lost control of his mind and nerves. In other words, he was scared to death. He passed out. A merciful blackness followed. It was breakfast next morning that some light was thrown on the horrible, this horrible episode of the night. And the three friends exchanged experiences. Nothing had happened, it seemed, to the other two. But McAllister didn't say much. In fact, he remained silent. He, he well, he said, I, he slept like a top. That's all he said. Oh, yeah, laughed the man who'd unpacked their luggage the night before, imitating the sceptical American slang word. But I thought you'd have guessed from the weight of the pistol, McAllister, with the bullets taken out, that you only fired blank cartridges at me, old man. You only had three cartridges, you know. I had them in my pocket and tossed them back at you. You have been listening to Algernon Blackwood telling a strange story.